0: It is important that we have basic foundational truths that are undergirding us because we, all of us, are going to face experiences of life that we will not understand. Hard, painful experiences. Experiences that will challenge God's goodness and God's love. If God is good, then why did God allow this tragedy to happen to me? If God loves me, then why would he allow me to have experienced this heartache? I do not understand all of the things that happen to me in life, and I have made it a practice whenever I am faced with a situation that I cannot understand. I fall back on what I do understand. There are certain foundational truths upon which I fall back when I am faced with circumstances that I cannot understand in my life. And what I do understand is that God is good, that God loves me, and that all things are working together for good to those who love God. And thus, by faith, I accept my adverse circumstances. Though I do not understand them, I accept them, knowing that it is God that has brought these circumstances. It is God who is in control of my life, for I have committed my life to him. And I know that God is working in these circumstances. Though they may seem bitter and adverse, yet God is working a good and perfect plan in my life. And I just live with it. I just accept Oh, Lord, I'll just leave this with you, that you will bring out of this your good purpose and your good plan for me. If I did not have the, basics, the basic foundations underneath, then when troubles come, when I get into these kind of circumstances, I would be totally wiped out. Oh, it's so sweet. I could almost hear his voice. As he would be sharing this from his heart, if it weren't for these basic foundational truths, when troubles come and these kinds of circumstances, we would totally be wiped out. So as I look at these six Psalms, I thought, okay, Lord, show us those foundational truths. What are those things that we can hang on to when life's circumstances are difficult? And it doesn't take much of an imagination <laughs> these days to try to consider difficult circumstances that might come our way. As a matter of fact, they're not so hypothetical anymore. But rather than focusing on the circumstances and you know how we should react or you know how we can prepare and how we need to guard ourselves against this, that, or the third, are we relying on those foundational truths that we know are true? So Psalm 73, the first foundation is kind of, and they'll kind of be little cliches, but we'll, we'll look further into the meaning of these. So the first one is what you see is what you get. Maybe you're familiar with that, that phrase, that idiom. What you see is what you get. And the psalmist shows us this in verses two and three of Psalm 73. But as for me, My feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Notice that what he saw is what he got. When his eyes were on the wicked, when they were on the circumstances and comparing the situation that he was facing compared to those of others. That's what he got. He got discouraged. He got disheartened. And what allowed him to change this? Well, we jump down to verse 15. If I had said I would speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until... I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood, or then I saw their end. It wasn't until the psalmist's perspective changed that his heart was able to be encouraged. And ladies, the same is true for us. What we're looking at, what we're focusing on, that's what we're going to get. If we're feeding our souls the the hysteria of the media and of social media, that's how our lives are going to be. We're going to be uh, anxious. There's a New Testament application of this. I think of Peter when he was walking on the water. Jesus called him out, right, when he was on the boat with the other disciples. And it's interesting that in Matthew chapter 14, verses 30 and 31, we read about why Peter started sinking. You know, I guess we kind of take it for granted, at least... You know, I do. I've never walked on water, so it just makes sense to me that one would sink in any attempt. But I love how Matthew points out why. It says in verse 30, But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. It was when he saw that things around him were difficult I love verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I love that it was immediate, right? Like Jesus didn't wait for him to like, sorry, what was that? I couldn't hear you because of the boisterous wind you were talking about, right? No, immediately he reached out his hand. So ladies, what we see is what we're going to get. May our perspective, our vision be ever on the Lord. Corey Ten Boone said it this way, If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. And I'll say it again because it's so good. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God... You'll be at rest. And again, that was Corey Boon saying. Foundational truth number two. We can't complain. Have you ever heard that phrase, right? When someone's like, Oh, how are you doing? Oh, can't complain. Well, Psalm 74 not only shows it as like a you know pat answer, but also as a command. Ladies, we can't complain. <laughs> we can't afford to do it. Psalm 74, verses 10 through 13. The psalmist cries out, O God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Take it out of your bosom and destroy them, for God is my king from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Verse 13, you divide the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. I can almost hear the, the whininess, right, of a child saying, how long till we get there, right? Are we there yet? Is the enemy going to blaspheme your name forever, you know? And we can't afford to do it. It's been so sweet to be going through Exodus. And um, if you've been with us on Sundays for the Bible study, I'm sure there was a lot of reminiscing as you were going through these chapters. But the main reason the children of Israel couldn't go in the desert was because they complained. Oh my goodness, think of the blessings we may be missing out on because of our complaints. Uh, In John 6, verses 60 through 64, Jesus heard his disciples complaining and they were confused about his teaching it was too hard for them to understand right and they said this is too difficult and Jesus in verse 61 of John 6 says it says when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this he said to them does this offend you What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. I love that Jesus doesn't apologize for the difficulty in his message. I love that in uh, another portion there in the gospel, when Peter is trying to tempt Jesus to take the comfortable way out, and he says, no, far be it from you. The cross isn't for you. Jesus rebukes him. And he actually says, this is offensive to me. And I thought, you know, because that's such a buzzword now, right? Like everyone is so offended like all the time um, about everything and anything. I thought, man, we really have it backwards. Like we should be offended when someone is, is like complimenting our flesh, or giving us the easy way out, or is telling us, oh, this is too difficult for you. Let me make it easier. That's when we should be offended, right? And we have to be careful with our complaining that we don't allow our flesh to rob us of blessings. What we truly believe is revealed when the opportunity to complain arises. And um, someone that we, we... we loved so much, I think of Joel Gonzalez, because anytime you would ask him, hey, how you doing, Joel, oftentimes his simple response would be, better than I deserved. And I love that. I love that because it's true. When we are busy complaining, it's because we think we're entitled to something more. But ladies, what more than salvation? What more than heaven promised What more than the amazing fellowship that we have with the Lord and with one another could we ask for? So may we not complain. May we recognize that we are all better than we deserve. Foundational truth number three, Psalm 75. I think of this question. Will wonders never cease? Right. Well, wonders never cease. A lot of times, uh, it's used kind of sarcastically, right? When when someone finally does something unexpected in a positive way, uh, this comment will be used. Well, wonders never cease. But I think I think of um, just the heart of this psalmist as he's reflecting on the things that the Lord has done. And he bursts out with thanksgiving in that first verse. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works declare that your name is near. And then we can jump down to verse 6. For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from, insert, whatever political difficulty you've been facing this season, or conspiracy, or truth, but from where? God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. And jumping down to verse 9, but I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob all the horns of the wicked I will also cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. When was the last time we stopped to give thanks of the wonders of the Lord? Just his mighty hands, his wondrous works that declare his name. Do we think about that in our own lives? Those little God stories, those, those times that something just wondrous out of the blue happened. Uh, yesterday, the the shirt I was wearing, a couple people complimented, and I was able to to tell them, oh, and this shirt has a God story, and they're like, really a shirt? And it was um, it was just so sweet to be reminded and to get to share with with the sister the story. Um, I had just signed my uh, resignation papers from working for the public school system for about seven years. We had just had our second child, and it was like official. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, we looked at the numbers. It didn't quite make sense financially, but we're like, okay, Lou, we're going to trust you. And I remember the day after I signed those papers, I, I, um, I was putting away some clothes, and I opened my closet, and, you know, just kind of one of those surrendered things, I'm like, well, I guess these are going to be my outfits for a while, <laughs> right? Not having that second income. Okay, Lord, I'm content. Um, it's a good motivation not to gain any weight, right? <laughs> these are the clothes that I have for a while. And wouldn't you know that less than 24 hours later, my mother-in-law calls me and she says, hey, I just got blah, blah, blah bonus from retirement. I wanted to take you shopping, and I wanted to get, you know, just like one or two little things for like, you know, for you to, and I, I was like, okay, thank you. Yes, that's so sweet. And I hung up and I remember just crying, thinking, Lord, like I was, I was okay. I thought that this was it, but just, you know, how sweet that he would use um, my mother-in-law to bless me, right? In that way, to remind me of his goodness in something as silly as like a J.C. Penny top, you know? And that's my God story for that shirt. But ladies, his works are not too small, right? His wonders, they can truly captivate us. And I do believe that for most of eternity, that's what we're going to be doing. Just praising him for all those little wonders that he's done in our life. You know, the most amazing thing that people noted of Christ wasn't his miracles or his healings. It was actually his word. It tells us in Luke 436. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves saying, what a word this is. For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. His wonders never cease. In other, uh, I think I picked the wrong verse there, but it says that they were amazed at the way he taught Because he taught as one having authority, not like the Pharisees and the scribes did. Ladies, just thinking of God's word, the persecution, the times that people have tried to destroy it and say that it's irrelevant and it's still here for us, that daily we could hear from our Savior. His wonders will never cease. But will our wonders cease? Will we ever stop being in awe of who the Lord lives. This quote isn't attributed to anyone, it's unknown, but I love the, the, the choice that it presents us. It says, there are only two ways to live your life. One, as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. Ladies, let's live in that wonder of the Lord. Foundational truth number four. It's time to wise up. Wise up to the warnings. The warnings that the Lord is allowing us to see. In Psalm 76. Picking up in verse six. It says, At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and the horse were cast into a deep sleep. You yourself are to be feared. And who may stand in your presence when once you are angry? Verse 8, you cause a judgment to be heard from heaven. The earth feared and was still. When God arose to judgment to deliver all the oppressed of the earth. Ladies, the Lord sends us warnings. He is so faithful. I think in the New Testament how Um, Joseph so often heard from the Lord in dreams and you know the the Lord sent angels to speak to him and it tells us in Matthew 2 verse 13 and then later on again in verse 22 that Joseph needed to to make a certain decision for his family for their safety and the Lord wants to give us those same warnings he wants to show us what it means to walk in wisdom in these days. And we just need to be wise. We need to allow him to speak to our hearts. I don't know if it'll be in a dream like it was for Joseph, but I do know that he speaks through his word. I do know that it has application and and just, it's so relevant to whatever it is that your heart is facing. So ladies, let us wise up to the warnings it is better to heed the warnings than to suffer the consequences right it's better to heed warnings than to suffer consequences and that takes us to foundational truth number five found in psalm 77 where there's a will there's a way but ladies, may it not be our will, right? May it be his will that opens up the way for us. Picking up in verse 10, the psalmist writes, And I said, this is my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. Your ways, oh God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your strength among the peoples. It reminds me, uh, the transition in that psalm, right? It starts off with I, I, I. I, and then all of a sudden, Asaph turns his um, perspective, right? The, the whole uh, pronoun reference changes completely. And now it's all about you and the Lord, right? From first person to second person. Um, and we see that Jesus had the same approach to his ministry and to his life. In Luke twenty two forty two, we see his prayer in Gethsemane. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me nevertheless not my will but yours be done ladies i promise you that if you are standing firm in god's will if that is what you're seeking with your whole heart he will make the way he will make the way for you elizabeth elliot put it this way god is god because he is god He is worthy of my trust and obedience. I will find rest nowhere but in His holy will that is unspeakably beyond my largest notions of what He is up to. Isn't that so sweet? I find rest nowhere but in His holy will that is unspeakably beyond my largest notions Of what he is up to. Ladies, if you're in God's will, rest. He will make the way. And this takes us to our last psalm. And what foundational truth? Well, we really have to walk away with something. Right? Our last point, and it'll be just that. To walk away with something. Oh, what a good psalm, Psalm 78. This contemplation begins in verse 1, and and we'll read through uh, the first 12 verses just to be reminded of, of how he sets the scene for all these miracles that the Lord did for the children of Israel. Psalm 78, verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, telling them to generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Verse 5, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make known that they should make them known to their children verse 6 that the generations to come might know them the children who would be born that they may arise and declare them to their children that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. In verse 11, and forgot his works, And his wonders that he had shown them. Marvelous things he did in their sight. In the sight of their fathers. In the land of Egypt. In the field of Zoan. And he goes on to list them all. But they forgot. They did not keep the covenant. They refused to walk in his law. I think of um, verse. What is it? Where they did not set their hearts aright. They did not allow the Lord to, to form them into his children, which he wanted them to be. And it reminds me of Romans, right? Where God says that he gave them up because they didn't want to retain God. It's Romans verse 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 28. It says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. That word retain, it's a very interesting word. It's the word echo in the Greek. And it, it's as if mankind got tired of reflecting God. They got tired of being made in his image. And they said, no, we don't want to have you in our knowledge. We don't want to have you in our form anymore. We want to be given over to what we think is best. They did not want to set their hearts aright. They were willing to forget because his commandments were no longer convenient. Right? That's what it says. They didn't want to walk in his way. So rather than walking away with something, they walked away from him. They walked away from the Lord. And boy, did they walk. For 40 years they walked because they refuse to keep his commandments. So what's the conclusion? We have to remember. We have to remember. Why? Because the fastest path to not seeing, to complaining, to cease in wonder, to be unwise, to be unwilling, and to walk away begins with forgetting. The fastest path to not seeing, to complaining, to ceasing in wonder, to being unwise, to being unwilling, and to walking away from him begins with forgetting. Notice how many times, just in these six Psalms, Asaph commands us, remember And he even tells himself, I will remember time and time again. He's probably even writing this down so he doesn't forget. He's like, I'm going to remember, all right. That's why I have to write it down. And ladies, I pray that you would do the same. I pray that you would treasure those times that you have with the Lord, writing those things down that he's spoken to you, writing down those prayer requests that you can go back a few days or weeks or months later and see the answered prayer maybe even a few years later. But ladies, we cannot forget him. F.E. Marsh does this really sweet outline of the times that we are commanded to not forget, right? That we need to remember. He says, the first thing that we need to remember is the person. Forget not the Lord. And that's from Deuteronomy 8.11. The next thing we need to not forget is uh, unto a provocation, right? He's provoking us to forget not past failure. And that's from Deuteronomy 9-7. Forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God. Don't forget those times that we've messed up and we've had to bear those consequences. Deuteronomy 9-7. The next thing we shouldn't forget is prayer. Forget not that congrega- that blah, the congregation forever. And that's Psalm 74, 19. The next thing we shouldn't forget is punishment. The Lord will punish his enemies. And that's from Psalm 74, verse 23. The next thing we shouldn't forget to do is to praise. And it tells us in Psalm 103 verse two, forget not all his benefits. So we shouldn't forget the person, we shouldn't forget the provocation, we shouldn't forget prayer, punishment, praise, and there's two more, practice. Forget not the commandments of the Lord Proverbs 3 verse 1 tells us, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. And the last thing we shouldn't forget is pleasing God. Forget not to do good. Hebrews 13, 16 tells us to do good and to remember to join together, to continue meeting together. So ladies, I pray that these Foundational truths would continue to carry us through these difficult seasons. That we would have our eyes fixed on the Lord. That if we've been tempted to complain, we would ask the Lord to forgive us and we would move forward with a heart that is grateful. That we would focus on His wonders. That we would wise up to the warnings He's showing us. That we would be surrendered to His will so that he could make a way and that we would walk away with his commandments so that we wouldn't walk away from him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. And Lord, right now we just think of all the ladies who couldn't be here tonight for one reason or another. Lord, we thank you um, just for their desire to want to be safe and Lord, I just ask that you would heal them, God, that you would protect them, you would be with their families. Lord, we pray for maybe any who weren't able to come because of scheduling conflicts or uh, something that came up. Lord, I pray that you would encourage her, that, Lord, she would be able to still prepare for the next study and not be discouraged, God, but to uh, dig into your word to find you there in the secret place, Lord, speaking to her. And Lord, I pray that we would apply these, these truths, God, that we would build our house on the rock by not only listening to them, but that we would do them. God, show us how to put these things to practice, Lord. Even now as we pray, bring to mind situations and individuals and um, decisions, God, that we need to make for your kingdom, for your glory. Lord, not out of fear or frustration, but God, out of a desire to please you. We need you, Jesus, and we love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.